Ladies and gentlemen, could I have your attention please? For the first time ever, and for your ears only, the premiere of the brand new theme song for the Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club podcast. Sit down, fasten your seatbelt, and crank it up. Because as the big voice guy likes to say sometimes, I don't like it. I love it. that sure is not your mom's romance book club but it is my mom's i'm ellen and joining me as always is my mom hi mom how's it going hello ellen so good so good uh not joining us as always is listener Paige. welcome Paige. hey ellen and mom how are you guys we are great (laughs) and we're so delighted to have you join us you know you may remember Paige from uh, free for all episodes. She's a frequent caller. So we are so excited to have her join us, you know, to do the full experience. Definitely. Um, today with Paige, we are going to be talking about the Spanish love deception by Elena Armas. And later we are going to get to know Paige a little better, but first mom Paige, what have you been reading and watching Paige? We'll go to you first. Cause ours is basically the same as it always is. <laughs> Okay, so I've been rereading Suzanne Wright's uh, Mercury Pack series. It's a shifter series, and it's mostly wolves, but there's also, like, cat shifters, and, uh, well, there's not any bird shifters in the Mercury Pack series, but it's kind of interconnected to this other series, the Phoenix Pack series, and it's just, if you love shifters it's a great paranormal series that you should check out um and that's pretty much what I've been reading in September uh I read a lot of uh I read a series in in August that I almost put for the free-for-all but I decided not to um it's an Alina Jacob series it's really just silly rom-com fun and uh for what I've been watching, I've been watching Nailed It okay. on Netflix. That's one of my favorite shows. I just, it's silly and funny and I love that. Um, I, oh, I guess I watched Bachelor in Paradise. I, I'm kind okay. of. <laughs> no, ju- no judgment from this friend. You, you guess Ellen you did, friend. but you do not know for sure. <laughs> <laughs> like a judgment yeah. from the mom friend, but no judgment from the Ellen friend. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, I kind of had a, a love-hate relationship with the franchise. I watch and then I don't watch, but I've been watching pretty consistently. And then 
I, I've watched a couple of horror movies lately. I watched okay. Malignant on HBO Max, which that's by James Wan, who he did the Conjuring movies one and two, if you're a fan of those. Well, and Yeah, and I've heard it was quite good. Did you like it? I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was pretty uh, campy. So yeah. it's fun if you don't know that it's kind of bonkers. And yeah. It scared me a lot because... I didn't know like what it was going to be, like what the reveal was going to be. And so I thought it might be a demon or whatever, but, and that scares the crap out of me, but it, it went in a different direction. I won't say much more, but yeah, I really enjoyed it, but it's just, it's not like a regular James Wan. It's just, I think he was having a lot of fun with it. And then the other horror movie that I watched was the old ways on Netflix, which it was really good. It's about, uh, this reporter, she goes down to Mexico and she gets taken captive by uh, this old witch and her son. And they said that she has a demon in her, in her and they're going to do an exorcism. And so the whole movie is kind of about that. It was really interesting. I, uh, I you know, I've only seen like Catholic exorcisms and this yeah. was took place in Mexico and it was really fun and it had scares and funny bits so I really enjoyed that there you go listen if um well first of all I've heard that malignant's getting a lot of like cabin in the woods comparisons where it's like somewhat of a send up I don't know if you would agree or disagree with that if you're familiar with well I have seen the cabin in the woods and I don't the cabin in the woods is really meta and it takes from a lot of other horror movies and malignant i mean i don't really know how much it borrows from other horror movies but mm-hmm. um i don't know there's a scene that kind of reminds me of the terminator so okay. so i don't yeah well tis is, we're approaching the you know horror movie season so um I mean, and that's really the only time of year i do watch horror if i'm being <laughs> honest unless it's um no, there's some like franchises that I enjoy more than others. Mom gets more into horror than I do. I, I think. I, but you like you're very specific about your like spooks. Like you don't like the I don't like slasher, slasher movies. Yeah. I don't like slasher mm-hmm. movies. That's that doesn't interest me. But I, you know, a good scary ghost story. Yeah, I I, I can get into that. into that. Um, yeah. those couple, are my favorite. A yeah. couple of times though for Halloween, <laughs> my youngest son will come over, and we'll we would play. Um, like scary video games like he would play and I would watch and it would scare the crap out of me but yeah, I don't know if anyone's familiar scary. with the game amnesia there's been other ones too but I can't remember the names but amnesia is one that we played and it, it was really scary and kids would come to the door because we were playing it on Halloween night and it would just like ah, ah! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's a fun scary thing to do yeah so. um but yeah I have one I have been intrigued by malignant so I might I might check that one yeah, out as that well would be fun for us um reading i finished listening to heidi's guide to four letter words by tara civic and andy arndt who also narrates it um and that it was fun it's very rom-commy goodness it's she's got a minnesota accent so that's kind of cute and endearing um but it was it was fun if you're looking for like just a fun throw it on and pay little attention to uh audiobook then that's good um and then watching 
same old same old we've been watching ted lasso still i saw um shang chi and the oh yeah you did and which you had already seen so maybe you talked about that already but that was um let me tell you about watching a dishy superhero guy. That was yeah. not hard to he watch. Isn't hard to watch. Um, and then we have been re-watching just for kicks and giggles uh, um, a show called uh, Happy Endings, which we love. And I think we've talked about before on the show. So fun. It's all on Netflix now. It is all on In Netflix. Fact, a lot of the things we say kind of sound happy endings. It's like, yeah. It's so a, good. That's a mazing. It's a mazing. <laughs> um, but also, we also watched a lot of It's Always Sunny. Yeah, because I've been watching that. But yeah, Happy Endings. I think that is like much more romance adjacent. So if you haven't watched that, like give it a try and see if it tickles your fancy because it's got good stuff in there. And get through the first couple episodes because it definitely gets better. Well, I always say any comedy needs at least like six episodes because that's they that's like around where they start to find their comedic chemistry and things like that so the characters kind of find their groove yeah mom have you read anything else this week i didn't read anything else this week yeah it's kind of a bum it's been uh it's been kind of hectic over here at casa mom and ellen (laughs) um i was about to say our last name which we could say because everybody knows it knows it but but i like um, casa mom and ellen that's Well, and I think dad would agree that it's Casa Mom and Ellen. <laughs> he definitely would. <laughs> we kind of pick on him a little bit. Yeah, a little to no say in this house. Um, okay. Anything else to add, ladies, to no. this initial segment? Okay. Well, today we are going to be talking about The Spanish Love Deception by Elena Armas. It is a standalone book that came out in February. That being said, her next scheduled book is definitely tied to this one. Um, And when listener Raquel was previously on the show in the last cycle, this is the book she had mentioned that she would like to see us cover on the show. So you're welcome, Raquel, I guess. But also (laughs) it got voted onto the schedule. Um, Okay, here is the back cover description for this book. Catalina Martin finally not single. Her family is happy to announce that she will bring her American boyfriend to her sister's wedding. Everyone is invited to come and witness the most magical event of the year. That would certainly be tomorrow's headline in the local newspaper of the small Spanish town I came from or the epitaph on my tombstone seeing the turn my life had taken in the span of a phone call. Four weeks wasn't a lot of time to find someone willing to cross the Atlantic from NYC and all the way to Spain for a wedding, let alone someone eager to play along with my charade. But that didn't mean I was desperate enough to bring the 6'4", blue-eyed pain in my ass standing before me. Oh yeah, what a struggle. Um, Aaron Blackford, the man whose main occupation was making my blood boil, had just offered himself to be my date right after inserting his nose in my business, calling me delusional and calling himself my best option. See, outrageous, aggravating, blood boiling, and much to my total despair, also right, which left me with a surly and extra large dilemma in my hands. Was it worth the suffering to bring my colleague and bane of my existence as my fake boyfriend to my sister's wedding? Or was I better off coming clean and facing the consequences of my panic-induced lie? Like my abuela would say, que Dios nos pile confesados. Which I don't know what that means, if I'm being With honest. God. Okay. Um, say, I'm not going to sit here and watch you try and translate I'm going to try and translate that. I don't know. If so, is. mom, Paige, 
what did you think of the Spanish love deception? Paige, we will go to you first. I really loved it. My friend had recommended it to me in March and she said it had the hating game vibes and and I love enemies to lovers. So I had checked it out, but I'm a big procrastinator. So I didn't, I didn't read it until it was one of the options that you sent. And I was just like, ah, this is, this is a sign. It's fate. I should get off my butt and read it. And yeah, I really loved it. Although don't hate me, but I kind of, I, I liked it way more and I think it's better than the hating game I'm sorry don't hate me (laughs) controversy right out of here we're gonna get into that because that is an intriguing statement to me um here's well you go first um I really really liked it I just a borderline love I had some pacing issues can Mm -hmm. we say Mm -hmm. um but I really enjoyed the story. I thought it was really fun. I, um, it really was slow until it got to the wedding. Until they got to Spain. Until they got to Spain. And then I was on board for the whole thing, but it, it kind of drug a little in the beginning, I thought. Yeah, here's the thing. Um, I'm also a really, really liked on the verge of love. Um, I think my life is generally stressful right now. And I just don't know if that is conducive to loving books (laughs) at this stage in my life. Um, And especially when it's like, I have to, that reading this book is one more thing I have to do on top of everything else I have to do. Um, And so I just don't know if that is the best. If it's fair for you to Yeah, if it's fair for me to be like judging books in this (laughs) frame of mind. Um, but you know, I have a podcast where I do that and, oh, well, we started, it was like, oh, I got to get this book done. I mean, that's the whole thing we're doing while we're reading. So short of canceling the podcast, um, I, yeah, I I just feel like I'm going to be unfair to books for like the next year of my life because I don't see that changing anytime soon. Um, but like mom and in fairness, I kind of skimmed the listener comments and it seems that we are not the only two who felt this way. The pacing did feel a little off to me. It's a little slow in the beginning, but again, that could be just because I have a lot of other things I wanted to be doing. And so I was like, okay, let's get this. Well, let's it was get a lot show of, on the road. it was a lot of, uh, okay, I get it. You, you feel bad about this. Okay. I get it. Okay. <laughs> I get it. You're six, four blue eyed, dark haired Clark Kent. Uh, co-worker <laughs> is such a struggle to be with um but again that's enemies to lovers for you but I and I I did really enjoy yes and once I'm like you once we got to Spain I was like okay let's get this show on the road things are taking off now and I was on board and I listen I mean there's nothing about this story that I'm not gonna love it right. was delightful um okay so first what did we think of lena as our heroine Paige, we'll defer to you first okay <clears throat> so i just first of all i totally agree what you guys said it was uh, slow at the beginning and i struggled i loved uh oh gosh aaron a lot more than i loved lena lena was kind of harder yeah to to relate to because like I mean I understand that lying is bad and like you shouldn't lie to your family but I don't know I just feel like having a fake 
boyfriend or pretending you have a fake date, fake boyfriend, it's not really that bad, you know? And so yeah. it was just like, eh, it just kind of was like, just calm down. It's not like the end of the world. I mean, it's not like you're lying about something super, super serious. And also just her reason why she didn't like him at the beginning was just like, oh, I mean, you're really holding this grudge for so long. And mm-hmm. I understand what he did. It wasn't, it was not cool and stuff. But I mean, it's just like he only known you for a couple of days and he didn't, he didn't know you and yeah. stuff. And that was like her problem. But I'm like, but that should be like a little comfort. Like he didn't know who you were. And then when he found out who you were and realized that you really work hard and you're not just some silly young person that you would think that would go away but and now she just held on to that I was just yeah. like kind of just being a bit annoying <laughs> yeah I I agree I agree with that and then also like she is straight up oblivious in parts where I'm like <laughs> homegirl come like, on, come on. <laughs> yeah um, for real uh, and I was telling mom, I'm like, I just don't, it's not been my experience that especially women could be this oblivious. Like, I feel like we read like so much into things that are said that when they're being that direct and obvious, like he is at certain points in the book, I'm like, okay, come on. Really? Like he's straight up telling you that he's been in love with you for this whole time. And you're like, but are we even friends at this point? And it's like, come on, girl, come on. <laughs> like I was telling mom, I'm like, I think she knows, like there's a certain point where I think she knows that he has feelings for her. She's just kind of in like denial or something. But um, that being said, I found her to be a lot of fun and she's a, you know, cute, spunky character. She just kind of is clueless at some points where I was like okay which is often the case with a fake romance yeah yeah where it's like obviously really you can't tell that he's got feelings for you and the whole thing about and this is just book related not just Lena related but um the uh I told Ellen I said when you go on a date how can you call any date a fake date? Like you can't say I went on a fake date. You either are on a date or you're not on a date. And just no, I get the fake boy date thing. to your to the wedding. Like he, yeah. I am his date at the auction. He yeah. is my date at the wedding. Like it doesn't have, have to, be to be a fake. fake thing. You know, you don't have to be in love with each other. I mean, you're you can fake your feelings for each other. I that I get. Like if she was supposed to fake that they were in love, but you know, to call someone to say this is a fake date. No, it's not. You're dressed up and he's buying you dinner or whatever. It's a date. It, whether you love each other or like each other or friends or not, it's a date. So yeah. that whole thing is kind of funny to me. And so, and so it goes along with what you're saying about, is it that big of a lie? No, this is a guy I work with. We're close. You know, you could really, you're, you're ramping up how you really feel about each other, but you know, you can't, it's not that big of a lie. It's just, I needed a date to the wedding. And he volunteers. Look at him. Look at him. You're Look welcome. Tall drink of water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he he never agreed uh, that it was a fake date. You know, when they went to that auction, he right. was. I mean, he kind of just let her go with it because I think he could tell like too much would freak her out. I think she was just scared. 
based on what had happened with you know her ex-boyfriend Daniel yeah. and I, I think that was a big part of it but yeah she was definitely oblivious it's just like oh my gosh are you And with that said, though, I did understand why when he was going to be her boss, that put a complication in there because that changes a dynamic in a big way. Mm -hmm. She's already been burned on that. Yeah, especially since, yeah, that's already happened to her before. But um, but even just, you know, is there a difference between dating a coworker and dating your boss? There's a huge difference there. Yeah. Um. Okay. What do we think of Aaron? I mean, I've already kind of like shown my hand a bit, but <laughs> what did we think of Aaron as our hero in this book? I absolutely loved him. Yeah. Like from, I just, acts of service is like my love language. And so like when he gave her his granola bar yeah. and was just like taking care of her and like at one point, you know, he brought her papers to help with that open day stupid stuff that she had to do because yeah. he knows that she likes to highlight. And so he did that instead of emailing and just, I mean, he was so sweet. Like, I always have time for you. Like, oh, it just, it got my heart. And he yeah. loves up and Disney yeah. movies. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And puppies. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. He's kind of um like, where are you, sir? Because I think you are fake. Which he is. Um, but he is a babe and a half and potential book boyfriend of the year because he is um he's just a dish. Well, and I loved at the wedding games or whatever they were that um they had before and when the guys had to take their shirts off and he was always so stoic and kind of uptight with her, but he takes his shirt off and then he winks at her. And I was like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He saw her checking that. Yeah. (laughs) You know what he had going on there. (laughs) Great God. Um, And, you know, we'll talk about it later when in my questions, but He's a dirty talker, <laughs> um, which, which Ellen's all over. <laughs> so not mad at. Uh, <laughs> However, with that said, um, a little heavy on the babies. I'm not a baby. Well, you person. just don't like baby. I don't like baby. Um, it wasn't so. It wasn't. It so wasn't heavy super terrible. That... And the first time or a couple times he said it, I was like, uh, 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 uh. And then after I was like, mm. yeah. <laughs> you just don't like that as an endearment, though. Nah. So. Mm. Um, it was cute when he called her Belito or however. Yeah, was that was really cute, yeah. especially after she told him one time what it meant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that was the other thing is like um kind of connected to like what you were saying earlier with the highlighter and stuff. There's just all these things. She's like, "Where? How, how did you know?" He's like, "I listen to what yeah, you talk, and- even when it's even if he's not, even if you're not talking to me, I listen." And he would remember and, every little yeah. thing. I was like, "Oh, Aaron." Oh. <laughs> Um, okay, so we kind of have touched on this. Well, mom, surprise, surprise, um, ruined a question, ruined one of my questions. That's what I do, <laughs> but um, you know, you could like give me a heads up what you're going to ask, but we never do. It's like we'd have we'd have to prep for this, and we don't. Okay, well, one of us doesn't. <laughs> one of us Let's doesn't. Be clear, one does, uh, and I'm like, so she literally just woke me up from a nap to go yeah. and do this. So that's how this goes. Okay, <laughs> tangent aside. Let's explore the fake dating trope because I know mom has thoughts as she's already expressed. 
in what ways does this trope work or not work for you? I mean, I know Paige, you said you're like enemies to lovers. Where do you fall on fake dating? Um, let's discuss. Oh, well, typically, I'm not actually a big fan of the fake dating trope. Although I've read like four in the last two months, which is some of we, I think, which is crazy. Well, the last, what was the last one we read? Wasn't that one fake dating? can't remember <laughs> it's been a while anyway yeah continue I don't Sorry. know it, I mean one was a reread so technically it doesn't count but um mm-hmm. I mean it still does but mm-hmm. uh it just I think my problem with is I just I like hate angst I mean I always feel like there's the angst of like um they don't know or they you know what she was having like she didn't know if his feelings were real and there's all just that like oh does he really like me or is just is this just pretend or you know vice Mm -hmm. versa and so I just I like it to be more direct and fake dating is just it's so much so much is up in the air and it's just like it wouldn't be a conflict if they were just yeah. actually dating. It's just a conflict that I am not a huge fan of because it's just like, you like each other. Just admit it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and we'll, we're going to talk about the conflict, but when we get to the conflict, it doesn't even really have anything to do with the fake dating. But yes, I agree. Typically, it's just like, okay, guys, like, especially like what we were talking about earlier with her being so oblivious. I'm like, he is making it pretty freaking clear. Yeah. That I mean, he, he was like straight up saying, you know, I've I, been in I, love with you since yeah. the time you brought me that mug. And I'm like, yeah. okay, girl. I've wasted all this time. I mean, there are all kinds of little lines you'd yeah. say. And she's like, huh, I wonder what that means. I'm like, really? Seriously? <laughs> I do love, like, yeah. what I love about fake dating is all of the instances where it's like, oh, shoot, someone's looking our way. Quick, let's make out and grope each other. I'm like, I love those. Like, yeah. Or, or you know. Especially in this one where it's like he never ever would touch her and then they were thrown into yeah. a situation where, where he's just like constantly got it on and her. especially with the ex there yeah where yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he got like kind of territorial i was like yeah. oh yeah. yeah i love i love that stuff but i agree that especially this and hating game it's um very obvious well it becomes more obvious that one party has been not faking it for most of the time um and so yeah so then it just it it's always falls back on that um well what what, how is she really feeling and all that stuff and it's like okay but I'm pretty sure we know right (laughs) so um any other thoughts on that yeah just that they get very much in their own heads um Okay, I did not have a question about it, but now I want to know. Paige, tell me how you feel about this in comparison to Hating Game. Because this gets a lot of Hating Game comparisons. I We were saying that it's very Hating Game-esque. There's a lot of similar plot beats. Well, for, at the beginning, when we first started reading it, I said, I can tell this is going to have a Hating Game twist wherein he's going to have been in love with her for the whole time. Mm-hmm. And um, well, and like going to a wedding together, that yeah. was a thing in Hating Game. Yeah. yeah. Um, so so tell me more, Paige. Okay, so I read The Hating Game because my friend, the same one who recommended uh, the Spanish love deception to me, she really loved it. And so I read it and, and I really did enjoy it, but I... 
it just wasn't like super special to me. It felt kind of like any other book. And so everybody just like kind of goes bonkers over it. And I don't understand it. I mean, I'm not judging anybody who does, obviously. I understand why people love it because I loved it when I read it, but I just don't, I just kind of feel whatever about it. And for this book, I just feel like The Hating Game is kind of like what you call like a hangout movie, I feel like, because, you know, a hangout movie, you just watch it to, I don't know, it's just something you watch, you know, there's not super serious stuff going on. It's just moving the plot. I feel like The Hating Game is that way where, I mean, it's got a plot, but there was just so many different layers to the Spanish love deception. And I feel like, I just feel like there was more meaning to it, if that makes sense. And I don't know. I just love Aaron and all that stuff. So I get that. And I think that especially people who like jump into hating game kind of later in the game, so to speak, um, it gets a little built up. Like, well, there's a lot of hype. There's a lot of people like on the group who are like, I've never read the hating game. Should I read it? I'm like, yes. But now that you've seen everybody talking about how much they love it, like go in with super low expectations because now I feel like expectations get like blown through the roof for people going into it. Because I think what I like about hating game is that it, it very successfully delivers on the trope that it's tropes that it sets out to do. And I think that hating game is a really good one for people coming into romance. I think that's how we got a lot of people is through books like hating game. Um, Cause it's very approachable. It's things that non-romance readers are still like tropes that they're very familiar with already. Um, so I think that's what I like about it. And I think that this one does that as well. I think personally for me, it's a little less successful in certain areas, but I, I see what you mean about the layers. I think that there is like kind of more going on other plots. There's like more meat to it. Yeah. Yes. I would agree. I would agree with that. The, um, and the, the hating game, there was a lot of hype. And so it's always hard. I think now there's a lot of hype. I think it's been like, when we actually read it, it was still relatively new. I mean, well, it especially was especially when I read it. Yeah. And you were just like starting. And I didn't know anything journey. about romance books. I just read what Ellen told me to read. Yeah. And um, so when I went into it, I'd never, I didn't know anything about it. I hadn't heard anything about it. I just read the book. And um, I think that makes a huge difference. But now, you know, they're making the movie. There's all this other stuff going on. It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I think I read it when it was pretty new too. I just, I, I did really enjoy it at the time it's just it was it was like a standard enemies to lovers to me and yeah. then and then I didn't and then when I saw like how much people like loved it and like reread it again and again I'm like okay I just that's good for you but yeah I don't, <laughs> I, I don't understand I get that it. I mean you're entitled to be wrong Paige it's fine <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I, I get, it. I, I get what you're saying. Um, okay. So, uh, I have a question about pacing, but I feel like we've talked about it. Yeah. I, and we're going to talk about it more with some of the listener feedback. So 
we'll just skip that. Okay, so let's talk about conflict. Um, basically, it's centered, like we said, it's not really fake dating related. It's kind of centered more because they are together. They're feeling good. They're hooking up against countertops and things like that. And it's all hot. And then basically it's centered around the fact that Daniel is a jerk who gave her insecurities about dating where there are professional power dynamics at play, which is understandable. And then she already has kind of history with being burned before on that front. Stupid jerky Gerald. Oh my gosh. But a Gerald is always, I mean, no offense to the Gerald's out there, but in a romance (laughs) novel, Gerald is always going to be a jerk um, or a sweet old man. One of those two things. Uh, So uh Gerald kind of calls her out on sleeping with the boss quote unquote and getting ahead in work by doing that so she gets freaked out she runs away thus is our conflict um what did we think of the conflict well I mean okay yeah I was a little bit annoyed about it but at the same time you know I could understand that happened when she was so young and it just I mean it obviously it had a huge effect on her psyche I mean she literally left her country to go to another continent to get away from everything and you know I mean she has like PTSD trauma from that so I understand why she initially uh, freaked out. I mean, I wish she wouldn't have. For a second, I thought maybe she won't, but then she did, and it was just like, oh no, it's okay. Yeah. You can you can make it work. He's worth it and stuff. But so, I mean, it was a little annoying, but I also could understand, and it did resolve fairly quickly. It did, and it didn't. Like I, because in when you're reading it, it see yeah. it happens very quickly that she starts getting over it, but then like. It had been like it had been like a week. It was four days before she found out what was going on. Yeah, yeah, and like so two, three part, days. Yeah, so that part angered me a little bit more when I was like, "Whoa, we let that much time go by!" Like, but then I got it when you know everything else turned up that his, his dad was sick and he was gone and he was that. And then because it was just like you know with the fake dating trope. Um, she was reading all this garbage into it. And um, so when she didn't hear from him for a day or two, and and I especially thought going through that open day thing or whatever it was she was mm-hmm. doing at work, to go through that without him even, even showing up, it seems like she would have been- That's when she would have reached out. Yeah, would have said, where where were you? What was going on? Why, why weren't you there you know, at all? Yeah, it was a while before she even tried to reach out to him, which mm-hmm. seemed a little harsh. Yeah. I mean, especially, so maybe they're done dating, but at least check in to make sure he's okay because he hasn't, she hasn't seen him at work for three days. That seems yeah. like. <laughs> well, and as soon as when they were um, having their fight and he kept getting these calls that he kept ignoring like back to back, I was like, something's going on. And, you know, we find out that his dad is sick. And so he flies out to Seattle and is dealing with that. And that's why he's not around. Um but so in, in, in one way she comes around and realizes that she made a mistake like pretty quickly, but she lets a lot of time lapse before she like does anything about it. So I'm like, yes and no on the conflict, I guess is where I like. Yeah. 
but it was sweet when she showed up at the hospital and he was all happy yeah. she was there and Poor I, baby. I maybe <laughs> a but yeah. um it, it was uh and my other thought was he was so determined to fight for them it seemed weird that he would just give up so easily well, so he only did because he was away i understand that's what i'm saying is okay. is um you know so it i knew something else was going on i knew there was more than just you know yeah. so and i knew it as a reader i would think that she would know it because i'd never even had sex with him but she had <laughs> yeah you would remember if you had. I, um, <laughs> I would remember if i had <laughs> so that's where and Daniel is the absolute worst. Yeah. Oh, Daniel, Daniel sucks. And like, Gerald. Just, yeah. Mom and I are talking oh. about like, um, I don't know, just like the whole thing. Well, the with- whole thing with Daniel, first of all, because like she even said, she's, it wasn't even what he did that was so, that hurt her so much, but the way everybody else yeah. reacted, including kind of her family. Yeah. Not that they were accusing her of being a whore like everybody else was, but that they were just, you know, pitying kinda, her. Yeah. The way they treated her afterwards and, and just, she's never going to come back from this and this is just going to break her and, da, 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 and, and just, you know, no one had faith in her to, I don't know. It, it just, um, cause that was, she said, that's why she had to get away. It wasn't just what he did, but how everyone reacted afterwards. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, what he did was terrible. <laughs> yeah. And especially for him, because first of all, I have a huge problem with the fact that he was dating his student because mm-hmm. I think that's wrong on at any age level, more so, you know, younger, younger. <laughs> but, but still, you know, even a college professor, it just seems wrong for a college professor to date one of his students because of the weird power dynamics. Yes, seriously. And, like that. and, um, anyway also um, as soon as um Aaron got a promotion I was like oh Gerald is out of here because he because Aaron had already witnessed him being kind of like a sexist jerk and so I was like he was a sexist jerk mm. that beginning meeting just oh, oh I yeah. felt I was so like frustrated and angry and I yeah felt so helpless and it's just the like the whole like oh you can do it you're this is in your wheelhouse perky like, just because I'm yeah, a girl yeah. <laughs> I hate that just like smile sweetie basically yeah Yeah, that was all wrong but and I don't know that I'm not even sure I appreciated how the other men in the room were handling it I kind of wanted someone Mm. to stand up for her and say you know what why don't we all work on it or you know something to the effect of but I and I have a feeling that Aaron was just kind of okay let her get assigned it and then I'll help her which is what he did so which no one else did and um but I really wanted someone to stand up for her in that meeting. But then again, you don't want just a savior, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, it's, and it's unfortunate, but true yeah. that that is the kind of bull that yeah. women have to put up with. Um, okay. Let's talk about sex, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, we have had a lot of fade to black lately. This one was this not. Was not one of those. <laughs> um, it's not like out of control spicy, but I think just because like we have had so many faded black lately, I was like, okay. okay. <laughs> I, I get what go, what's going on here. <laughs> yeah, you hold her hands down, sir, <laughs> and be a gentleman, but also a little bit not. <laughs> but get in there. Uh. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will. I will have you know that when I was 
picking from the list, I checked to see if there was some steamy, sexy times, and I saw that there was. I was like, okay, we can read this. Although I did, <laughs> although I did not that it was, I did not know that it was going to go as far as it did. Not that it went super far, but you know, I was a little surprised at the spanking. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that was my good that. swat. You know, I was just um, like, yeah, I was like, mom's going to read friends. this. <laughs> Fake friends, Ellen. Yeah. Fake friends. Excuse me. Um, yes, they do that. It is still very slow burn. Like it takes a long time before they even kiss. I think it's like they don't even kiss till like 75% of the way through the book or yeah. something crazy like that. Yeah. That was um, another uh, hating game comparison. You know, everybody said it was a slow burn, but it's like, I mean, they kiss at like 40% and stuff. So it didn't feel as slow burny to me. This felt really slow burn Yeah, and stuff. And but she built up the tension really nice. I felt he was there was some pretty hot moments, even when nothing happened. Like, well, because there's shirts coming off, beds being shared, um, a lot of broken. Hey, oh, yeah, yeah, there was. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so Aaron is just like a sweet little sweetheart, and then you get him in the bedroom, and he is less so. and it's a dirty talker i was not mad at it (laughs) um so yeah that's basically all i have to say about the sexy times it was just nice to get some (laughs) sexy times because it's been a while yeah Yeah, he definitely (laughs) delivered on that oh he's so stoic but he's really hot when you get him in the bedroom yeah Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) gotta appreciate that in a man yeah Um, (laughs) for real a little bossy i'm like okay i don't mind the power dynamics here i don't i don't mind that here um okay this is yeah i'm starting to just really understand myself and things (laughs) and it frightens me um okay what was your swooniest moment Paige? we'll let you go first guest guest first okay it's it's hard i was thinking i was i would be reading a moment i'm like oh i think that's gonna be my swoonest moment and then i would read another and I'm like oh that's and that's one and uh i don't know i think maybe when she's finally revealing everything and he just like hugs her and is just so out raged on her behalf and just mm-hmm. trying to comfort her but like all the acts of service were just super swimming to me too so it's you. just yeah yeah mom well i would agree i love all the little things that he did for her because that's just like uh, uh, uh. but i definitely have a swimmingest moment okay go for it and it was a build-up to a swooniest moment and that was um their first kiss when he wouldn't kiss her because he said the first time I kiss you yeah it's gonna you're gonna know it's real and then when he does actually get around to kissing her and she's like it's real it's real real." real." and that whole whole do it again (laughs) switch where the light switch glows on and you know at the wedding where it clicks for her that Mm -hmm. oh my gosh I really have feelings for this guy and he really has feelings for me then then it got good (laughs) then it really got good Okay, if I'm being honest, my biggest swoon was him in the bedroom. But um, <laughs> but we all know what a slut you are. So. Uh, I'm just being honest. Like that was my biggest. Like Whoa, okay, now we're cooking with some gas. Um, but in terms of like tender swoons, I will go with um, 
him just having her back when she was kind of facing off against both Daniel and Gerald and um, in kind of different ways. Like Daniel, he's a little bit more territorial and just like, yeah, she's great. She does really great at work. <laughs> I love her so much. She's amazing and all that stuff. And then, um, I don't know, just getting really angry at um, Gerald, Gerald towards the end. And But I kind of got her thing too in that whole situation. I wish he had like stepped back a little bit and let her kind of take control more with the Gerald thing. But I also understand from his perspective, like, oh no, you will not talk to my woman that way. Yeah. And that is not what is going on, sir. So you best like recognize your status in this situation. Well, and I loved when she went to talk to the lady in HR well, I love that whole scene where yeah. she, the lady at HR is like, oh, we will, we can complain. We're signing a complaint against There's this guy. There's already been people who have come to me and said that he's a sexist jerk. But, so. And then when she finds out that he had gone to HR, like as soon as they got in and yeah. he'd already taken care of all that and made sure everything yeah. was okay. And it's just like, oh, especially Aaron. because he knows how she feels about yeah, all that, of that stuff. That and, thing. Yeah. And so anyway. Yeah. So those are my serious yeah. moments, but yeah. Um, just takes care of her and i love it i know he does i love that in a man um (laughs) that's all we want really just to be taken care of take notes guys and he was rich (laughs) and tall and good looking that helps too that helps for being honest (laughs) but taking care of yeah that's good but taking care but he's taking care of that's the important part (laughs) but the the 62 and the the hot sex (laughs) taking care of (laughs) but still the taking care of um Okay, let's hear from some of the other listeners besides Paige and what they thought of this book. Um, First, Elizabeth said, usually I'm not a fan of a slow burn romance, but this one was just perfect. I loved everything about it. Lena, I loved. Aaron, I loved even more. (laughs) The tropes, grumpy sunshine, enemies to lovers, fake dating. I loved it all. This was a long book. And to be honest, the length did scare me off a bit. And yeah, me too. And the beginning in New York was a bit slow, but once the fake dating started, it felt like a really quick read. Also to add, for anyone who has read Marriage for One by Ella Mays, this book is in the same universe. The coffee, coffee shop from that book is the one Rosie and Lena go to. Both authors are friends, which is pretty cool. I am also looking forward to Rosie and Lucas's book. That is the next in the series. So um, I could tell, I was like, I thought this was her debut book, but these people that are at the coffee shop obviously have a book about them because <laughs> they're talking about them like they have a book. Um, and I could tell Rosie was probably going to get some love and she'd already mentioned interest in Lucas. So that makes yeah. sense. And Lena's cousin, Lucas. Yes. Yes. Who mysteriously disappears from the wedding for some reason that we don't know. He wasn't there because no one knew where he was. Yeah. So that's obviously. So we got to read that book up. to figure out what happened there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's been on my TBR. There you go. The one, so. the marriage for one. Yeah. I've never read uh, an LMA's book, so yeah, I'll well, check it out. I wanted to read it like as it was coming out or I was really excited when it was available available for pre-order, but like I said, I don't read books when I want to. So Girl, <laughs> I haven't read it yet. <laughs> well, Paige, Paige, like every other person who comes on the show, has learned that um, we end up having to procrastinate on until like the day before release date because we yeah, are like, also procrastinating. We're trying to get through this book. Yeah. Not, not, well, it's not always a struggle, but sometimes just the timing is a struggle. Yeah. 
Well, I didn't finish um, this book until 10 this morning. So I was up like all night. <laughs> that was, that was mine too. Um, I was just up all day yesterday. Ellen, it, Ellen so. finished it yesterday. Ellen's a much faster research reader than me though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A bug in here. Yeah. Bugging. We have a bug in here that's really bugging us. <laughs> so sorry, Paige. So if I look distracted, oh. it's because I, yeah. yeah. Sure anyway, what's happening here. Cassie said, I liked this book. I really enjoyed everything that happened in Spain, but the pacing of the beginning of the story before they went to Spain was a little slow for me. Overall, this was a cute story with some serious hating game vibes for sure. Um, Catherine says, if I were Aaron, I too would want a coworker to take me to their small Spanish town for a wedding. I know. I kept thinking that too. I'm like, he's saying he wants to go. Stop fighting him. He yeah. wants to go to Spain for a vacation. You like fake date this guy. Yeah. I mean, this guy. Yeah. Come on. Uh, Catherine continues. What more reason does anyone need than that? It sounds amazing, which is probably why the whole time they were in New York, I was like, okay, I'm ready to go to Spain now. Let's go. <laughs> Even the part where she was like, these are the pe- things people associate with Spain versus this is what, what my town is like. I wanted to go with them even more. I know it wouldn't have worked in this book because it's set in New York and you can rush an emergency passport, but I think it would be hilarious in a future book if the character had to choose their fake date based on who had a passport ready to go and PTO to use. I liked it and agree with everyone who says that everything in Spain was cute. Yeah, that would be good. Like matchmaking. Yeah. How many, how many uh, paid time off days do you have, sir? You're my man. Let's go. Well, apparently they had a job where they can just leave. I know. I was like, and nobody's go to Seattle. Called, well, and go and to- I thought it was strange that nobody's like, oh, where are you two going on your same vacation days together? Yeah. I don't know. Like that was a big mystery. Everyone, no one that didn't trigger anything with anybody else. Yeah. Um, Kayla says this was one of my favorite reads of the year. Aaron Blackford is the ultimate book boyfriend and I will die on that hill. Kayla, I will allow you to die on that hill. Um, I, I will be like at an adjacent hill. That's kind of like, yeah, I think he's up there. Uh, you go, you go. <laughs> uh, I am a full supporter of the slow burn and the scene where he is in Lena's apartment waiting for her to get ready for the charity event had me smiling ear to ear. The charity event was also very cute. Like, I think we forget wow. about it because it didn't happen in Spain, but that is I, a cute moment. I it. thought it was cute too. And I, yeah. and, um, her... It's the first time she sees him smile. Yes. Yeah. And in a tux, she's yes. like, hey, yeah. who brought you? Seriously. Who gave you permission? Um, <laughs> Whenever I think of a dreamy guy in a tux, I always go to Daniel Craig in the Casino Royale, in Casino Royale, when he is, walks in in his tux and she's like, That is not where I go at all. That is where I go. That is not where I go. That's my tux. That's my tux go-to. Okay. Um. And I will die on that hill. <laughs> Go for it. I will be at a far distant hill. Thinking about Where's mom? Yeah. Um, Kayla continues. When they finally get together, I was happily shocked at the amount of spice and the mouth on Aaron too, girl. Uh, I will say the one thing that kind of bothered me was the overuse of talking about Aaron's ocean blue eyes constantly. Um, I will agree with that. I will that agree with that as well. Old as well. But if I found a man with black hair and blue eyes, I would probably wouldn't stop talking about it either. That's also good. It makes me think of your Turkish guy. She also used the word the word sultry like several times, and I'm like, is this why sultry so much? <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of um, rep- 
repetitive terminology that got used? Well, she is a second language, right? I think so. I'm pretty sure. This I think is... English is her second language, yeah. so it might and be. And which, yeah. if that, you know, if that is the case, I don't want to like, I hope we're getting that right. But if that's the case, like, yeah. that's very impressive. Yeah. Um, it says she was a Spanish writer. And yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So I'm assuming English is a second language, but so, I mean, good for her because yeah. that's impressive um kate says i like this one but didn't love it aaron and lena were both great but i felt like there were almost too many tropes in this book which i didn't know was possible it also definitely could have been shorter and i agree with the previous comments about pacing issues overall it was definitely fun though yeah i think that's basically where i land as well um Tiernan says, I loved this book. It had serious The Hating Game vibes, which was fine by me. The first 20 to 30% was way too long and needed some editing. Overall, I loved Lena and Aaron and thought this was just an adorable story. Agreed. That's okay. pretty much our, our consensus yes. here. Um, Jess says, I really loved this book and thought it was almost perfect. I agree with others who said that the book was a little long and that the pacing was slow in the beginning. That said, I just adored Lena and Aaron as the reader. We obviously know from the beginning that Aaron is head over heels for Lena and will do anything to be closer to her, even date, fake date her and fly to Spain with her. I thoroughly enjoy romance books where the hero is gone for the heroine first. I also thought the slow burn worked really well in this book and was so happy that the slow burn paid off in a big steamy way. I thought the supporting characters were great too. I loved Lena's family and Rosie. So overall, this book was a real winner for me. Oh, great. I, lo- I did love how he was, he just really appreciated her sharing her family with him, how that was like super meaningful yeah, to him. Yeah, especially because mm-hmm. he's just a little sad little orphan boy yeah, who practically yeah. almost, he does have at dad. the beginning, yeah. well, you know, sort of. Yeah. He's like emotionally an orphan boy. An emotional yeah. orphan. Yeah. We'll go with that. Yeah. An orphan and everything, but like physical. name. Physical. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Allison says, I really enjoyed this book. We'll definitely read it again. It was a slow burn. And at times I felt like Lena could have done uh, some better care of herself and communicating with Aaron. Agreed. He was really kind and caring the whole time. And I didn't understand why she was so upset and holding on to things when she could have talked to him about it, but overall a love, and I'm sure a reread in the next year. Yeah. Speaking of Aaron, here's one thing I really love. Cause there's, well, there's, I'm going to mention two things I really love. First of all, he upgraded her to first class, which I would love in any man. Yeah, it's like <laughs> especially for a long flight like of that. Any bullshit you said to me two days after meeting me because you, you got sir. me a first class ticket, yeah. and I love that. Second of all, when he wipes the chocolate cake off her face mm-hmm. and then licks his thumb, I was like, "Girl, right there, he's in love with you." Yeah, <laughs> guys, do not just do that for kicks and giggles. Um, Victoria says, I really liked this one. And I agree with others that the first part in New York was dragging a bit, but once it found its flow, it worked great. It's impossible not to compare it to the hating game. Any me to love her coworkers, forced proximity, a sibling wedding with an ex involved, a dysfunctional parent, but it lacked a bit of the bite that Sally Thorne's writing has. I did like that the focus of her past wasn't on her ex and that Daniel didn't have a huge part in the story without becoming a triangle of sorts. And the steamy scenes were steamy. I think the conflict was dealt with well in the end and I was glad to see Gerald gone. Yes. Yes. Agreed. Gerald can Yeah, I do like that Daniel didn't become a bigger issue that 
She, well, she didn't have any feelings for him. That was never a thing. She wasn't trying to go back to because she, you know, she didn't want a fake date because you know, she wanted to get him back or make him jealous or anything yeah. like that. Because that it was just that awesome. she wanted to have, you know, some good optics on her end of things. Well, especially the way everything went down. I think she just wanted to make sure everybody she wasn't getting pitied. And yeah. Anyway. Heather says, I really enjoyed this book. It wasn't, I wasn't really sure what I thought about Aaron at the beginning of the book. However, little things he did for Lena made me realize he was an amazing guy. Yes, he was. <laughs> Usually the only slow burn author I read is Mariana Spada, just because I don't think anyone else can really compete with her slow burns, LOL. But this one was amazing. I'll definitely read this author again. Aaron was amazing. There were times I wanted to shake Lena, but she is also a great character. Yeah, that sums up how I felt about her too. Leslie says, DNF, at least temporarily. I just finished chapter seven, 27%, which is when Lena and Aaron are arriving at the fundraiser. The plot and characters are fine, and I'm truly curious about the details of why Lena fled to New York City. What's really getting to me is the lack of contractions in the dialogue, <laughs> which makes conversation sound stilted and awkward. It's ruining the banter for me. My own personal hurdle. I used to read a webcomic with a character who stopped using contractions when she was drunk. So I struggle not to read all the book's dialogue in a slurry drunk voices. That is an interesting eccentricity about you. <laughs> um, I might pick this back up later after listening to the episode. Um, I would say if you were even sort of enjoying the beginning, oh, that you should pick it, it up. It gets way better. It gets way better, like towards the end. I think the contractions thing is probably like we were saying an ESL thing because contractions are not a thing in Spanish. Not really. Not in the way that we do them. Not in the way we do them. Yeah. Um, and that is what I would say on that front. I would agree. I, I didn't even notice the contraction thing. I didn't either. Neither did I. I... I think that is just Leslie's weird webcomic thing. <laughs> yeah, that is a weird thing. But um, but I will say, I'm surprised I didn't notice it because usually that, I, like, well, anytime I'm like, somebody's having me read their writing, especially in dialogue, you always want to have contractions as opposed to not because nobody doesn't use contractions when they're talking. Well, when she was talking, I would kind of do a Spanish accent in my head because she was supposed to be like Sofia Vergara yes mm -hmm. and um so that was kind of the and so it, I just never noticed it so much and he yeah. was uptight so I didn't notice it there either because sometimes uptight people just don't use contractions so okay that's kind of generalizing uptight people. no uptight people don't use contractions <laughs> not um, one Okay. Ashley says, I wanted to like it so bad. All the elements were there for me to love it. Grumpy sunshine, golf, guy falling first. It it's ties to marriage for one by Ellie Mays. However, I gave up on it about 40%. I have since heard that it's really hits its stride once they get to Spain. So I may go back and finish, but I doubt it'll be anytime soon. There were so many frustrating things in the percent I read. I don't know how many times she thought something like, then he made a face I couldn't read girl, come on. He loves you. <laughs> then the whole we're friends. Right. And him replying with, I have never wanted to be your friend face palm. Yeah. Just bad communication skills on both ends. Um, yes, it does get better after that. I will say that's like around where I was like, okay, here we go. Let's go. Um, yeah. And the whole, he, he doesn't want to, you know, I don't want to be your friend thing. It's like, but yeah, there were so <laughs> many comments that he was making where I'm like, okay, girl, we're just not reading this correctly. Let's, <laughs> yes. let's take a beat. And we let's... weren't even in his head. I mean, we only got her head and it's like, okay, 
you need to, I mean, we all thought, we all thought, I don't, Billy Elliot gets it. Anyway, I, I think if we're making hating game comparisons, I think he was being way more obvious than Joshua Temple. Oh, very much yeah, so. For real. So that's what I'll say there. Uh, Sarah says, OMG, I really loved this book. This slow burn was a bit much though. And the chapters were very long with some awkward conversations. I think they needed some alterations. Besides that, I totally loved Aaron from the beginning and I swooned over how he seized every chance to touch her and kiss her. Yes, we love that. Uh, The conflict was done quite right. It wasn't over the top or something mundane. Lena had rational fears she had to overcome, which is relatable in real life. I loved the part where they went to Spain, especially the football match chapter. It was really hilarious. The steamy scenes were steamy. Also, I was happy that sexist man Gerald got fired. All in all, a new favorite of mine, and I can't wait to read Rosie and Lucas's story. Juliet says, I loved this book, but now I am self-aware sucker. Uh, but no, I am a self-aware sucker for an enemies to lovers workplace romance. Like I cannot get enough. Aaron was just everything I was looking for in a boy who pines after the girl forever and was so considerate and tender at times touched my heart. I read this one a while ago and may or may not be three marks deep. So the details are fuzzy (laughs) girl. I love it. I love the honesty. Um, But my general thoughts are yes, yes, yes to this one. Personal fave moments were the coffee shop scene. I know y'all all all have that begging comment memorized. And the time Mm. he said he'd give her the moon and the stars was just Mm. ugh. Yeah. Anyway, this was a five out of five for me. And if y'all have any workplace enemies to lovers, Rex, please send them my way. It's my fave thing to listen to them in the office during work and live vicariously through the characters. (laughs) Yeah, that is nice. Jen says, I like this book. It was probably four stars for me. I love the auction scene and all the parts in Spain. However, the office parts were too long. The scenes where the boss invite invents this 16 hour open day to woo customers and hands the entire project to Lena was ridiculous. I don't know how Gerald doesn't at least get written up in HR for the comments he makes in that meeting. Yeah. Yes. The first meeting mm-hmm. I was like, what, sir? What are we saying right <laughs> yeah, now? Yeah, and that's why I was like, why aren't it, why isn't anyone else standing up yeah. and saying, that's enough? <laughs> cool your jest, Gerald. Yeah. The boss, Jeff, includes tasks like finding catering for this day for Lena to do. Like there are no PAs that can handle that task. A professional engineer needs to do it. Yeah, that is a good point. Like what? Uh, This was also over the top. I was sure this was a test for Lena. And if she succeeded, she would get a promotion. But no, it was just a device for Aaron to help Lena and get close to her. And the open day was a big nothing. I was surprised because I I was too. I thought that like the big like climax scene conflict was going to happen at open day and then open day just ends up being this kind of like and then open day happened and I'm like what okay it's kind of a non-entity it was was like a sentence (laughs) yeah um overall I liked it but I think it could have been shortened a bit I agree with that it did need some editing which is a thing that like I find us saying a lot lately and maybe some publishers to just come to all of our readers and say be an editor be an editor be an editor Okay, last but not least, and I saved it for last because it was Raquel who recommended this book. Um, I really like this book. And having mentioned it back in the Soulmate Equation episode on the podcast without having read it, because she hadn't read it yet, 
I must admit, I was nervous about the reception it would get in the book club. I first heard of this book on book talk and was promised spiciness. Little did I know that I would have to wait until freaking 67% of the book <laughs> for a hint of a kiss. Uh, and you don't get the actual kiss until 80%. 80%. This level of slow burn should come with a warning and I was getting impatient. This book is too long and could have benefited from some edits, but boy, does it deliver when we finally get there. Fire emoji. I loved Aaron. What an amazing dirty talker. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, but I, what I loved the most was how he stood up for Lena in the scene with Gerald. I'm officially submitting a request to Ellen and mom to add the category of worst villain to the No Yomo annual mm -hmm. awards. We've talked about that before. What's with all the terrible co-workers, bosses, and parents in Romwin's books as of late? I was very happy with how Gerald's situation was handled. Overall, I think the book was wrapped up nicely, and I appreciated the happy for now epilogue. Note to authors out there, not every couple needs to get married and pregnant in the epilogues. Yeah, I think that's true. I think it's great debut book, and considering that English is not the author's native tongue, any quibbles other readers may have about the actual writing are understandable. On the other hand, I personally enjoyed reading flawless snippets of Spanish in a book for once. I could see that. Yeah. I think Elena Armas shows great promise and it was fun to learn in the acknowledgements that she's a bookstagrammer. That being said, my one quibble with the book was Lena dieting slash starving herself to look her best for the wedding. I was glad Aaron called her on it, but by that point it had already gotten to my nerves. Anyways, I'll definitely be checking upcoming books from the author. Yes. And Ellen and I, when we were reading it, mentioned that we liked the way she put in the Spanish and then didn't give us an immediate translation or anything. She just kind of used it in context so we could figure out what was being said through the context rather than having to know how to speak Spanish. Yeah. There were some times where she like gave you a direct translation, but um, I thought the way she used it was was cool in yeah. the story. Um, ladies, any final thoughts? Paige, any final thoughts from you? I totally agree with Raquel. I'm definitely going to check out Elena again. And I, I really loved the book. I wish we would have gotten Aaron's point of view because I always love getting my hero's point of view. But yeah. yeah, I just, it is really, I think it will be one of like my favorite books when I look at the end when I look back on the end of the year and for sure, Aaron's going to be a favorite hero. So yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. He is quite, we always have, that's always like our most bountiful category is like the book boyfriend, because you know, they're just, they're all amazing. They're tailor made for us to love them. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and we're here for it. Yeah. He was, <laughs> he was quite swoony and dishy and a dirty talker on top of just as a cherry <laughs> on the top all there. your favorite things yeah um yeah i i really i did really really like it and it's like i said i don't know that i'm capable right now at this phase in my life um of loving a book that requires a lot of effort and time to read yeah especially because this one was long and and like we said, some of the pacing. So I was like, okay, come on. I got things to do. Let's, <laughs> let's speed this up. Let's get to Spain. Um, but I did, I mean, other than that, that's like my only real quibble with the book. I liked everything else. I liked the characters. I liked everything that was happening. I was here for all of that. I just wish that there had been some editing, I think in the beginning. Yeah, this was very nearly a love for me because I really did love the story. But yeah, the pacing was a little 
hard, I think. Yeah, yeah I would have wished, I also would have loved like shorter chapters. <laughs> yes. I know it doesn't like make the book shorter, but I guess I feel like it kind of goes faster when you, or it feels like it goes faster when you are, have we had those milestones. That's chapters. a fine line because yeah. sometimes there's chapters that I'm like, okay, that was way too short. Like, yeah. <laughs> where sometimes yeah. the chapters are too short. But um, yeah, you do want to find that like balance because like it does really help with like your mental pacing of a book, I think. Um, okay, so those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on the Spanish Love Deception by Elena Armas. Uh, we would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Goodreads. Goodreads group, our Twitter and Instagram, which are both at Not Your Mom's Rom, or you can email us at Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On September 27th, we will be discussing It Happened One Summer by Tessa Bailey. For now, we're going to take a break and when we come back, we'll be getting to know Paige a little bit better. So stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Kensington's newest title from Shelley Lawrenston, Breaking Badger. Hi, No Yemos. Ellen here with another recommendation for you to add to your TBR right now. Listen, there's been a lot of talk lately on the podcast about these shape-shifting badgers. We had a lot of chatter about them on the free-for-all, and Mom just read some. So consider this now your personal invitation to check out the latest installment of the Honey Badger Chronicles Breaking Badger by Shelley Lawrenston. Back with more sexy, shape-shifting antics, New York Times best-selling author Shelley Lawrenston's outstandingly witty, snarky, steamy, world-building Honey Badger Chronicles continue. It's instinct that drives Finn Malone to rescue a bunch of hard-battling honey badgers. The Siberian tiger shifter just can't bear to see his fellow shifters harmed. But no way can Finn have a house full of honey badgers when he also has two brothers with no patience. Things just go from bad to worse when the badgers rudely ejected from his home turn out to be the only ones who can help him solve a family tragedy. He's just not sure he can even get back into the badgers' good graces, since badgers lack graces of any kind. Mads knows her teammates aren't about to forgive the cats that were so rude to them, but Moody Finn isn't so bad, and he's cute. The badger part of her understands Finn's burning need to avenge his father's death. After all, vengeance is her favorite pastime. So Mads sets about helping Finn settle his family's score, which has its perks since she gets to avoid her own family drama. Besides, fighting side by side with Finn is her kind of fun, especially when she can get in a hot and heavy snuggle with her very own growling, eye-rolling, and utterly irresistible kitty cat. Now, I know that we already have some Badger fans out there, so I hope you'll consider joining them and us in picking this one up and letting us know what you think. You can find Breaking Badger by Shelley Lawrenston wherever books are sold. Find out more at kensingtonbooks.com. Welcome back. So in keeping with tradition, we are going to get to know Paige a little better in a segment we like to call Getting to Know a Book Club Member. Dun, 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 dun. Um, so first, Paige, tell us a little bit about yourself outside of your reading habits. Um, if you feel comfortable, what do you do? Where do you live? Those kinds of things. Okay, well, 
I just turned 27 on August 30th, oh, the day baby. the free for all episode came out. Oh. And, <laughs> and, um, yeah, I'm from a small town and I take care of my mom and our dogs. Um, not very well, of course, because <laughs> I prefer to read instead of, you know, like clean the house. <laughs> and I hear that. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, she had a really bad hip. And so it's kind of, she did get surgery in January, 2020. So she's a little better, but she still kind of has inflammation in her spine. Mm. And so she still can't get around as much as she's like she used to when she was, when I was growing up Yeah, and uh, she's a French bulldog breeder. So we have. I thought a you were ton of- your mom was a French bulldog, and I was like, <laughs> expound on that. <laughs> Metaphorically, <laughs> well, okay. she can be stubborn. So. <laughs> and so, yeah, so we have a ton of Frenchies, and I feeding takes a lot, but they're they're great, and yeah. So I, I, I kind of. I have no life. I'm boring. My life is the same and yet never the same. So it's a crazy cycle. Keeps things interesting. Listen, I wish my life was a little more boring (laughs) as of late. You know, it's good to find that balance. Um, Okay. So talking now about you and romance, what was your gateway drug into reading romance? Are you a lifelonger? Did you pick up one of mom's uh, books at some point? not this mom, not my mom, yeah. your mom. I know. I was telling my mom about this and I called you mom. And I think she thinks that's kind of weird because she's like, she's not your mom. I'm your mom. <laughs> like, you're just mom. Like I didn't even, like when I was trying to get into the group, I think we had to answer what your name was. And I'm like, yeah. oh, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. We, we don't look for right answers. I just like to see what people say. <laughs> Oh, well, I, yeah, I I looked on the, I like stalked the Facebook page and was like looking to see if you commented and I found your name. Yeah. So, um, but no, my mom actually does not like romance. She doesn't like watching rom-coms. Uh, my, my sister, uh, she's like 13 years older than me and huge age gap. I was definitely not planned. Um, (laughs) like, so so far as my dad actually had a vasectomy, but like, oh, wow. I guess, I guess he has got like three tubes or something. I don't know the <laughs> anatomy, but like, basically he, uh, basically you were meant to be paid. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just like, I was definitely supposed to be here. You were a fighter. <laughs> yeah. And so, but my sister, I would always watch like rom-coms with her and I was uh, a movie lover for until sixth grade and then I read Twilight and then I fell in love with reading mm-hmm. so definitely just I'm I'm basic in that way <laughs> that's fine listen <laughs> we all come by it some way yeah. you know and then I so I loved reading romance after that I read some young adult but then I got uh, a $10 Amazon gift card I was looking for books And they did not like, they didn't know that I was 12 years old. And so (laughs) so when I searched 
for vampire books and i was looking scrolling through oh, i saw those can be yeah, <laughs> yeah. spicy yeah, I saw A Hunger Like No Other by Presley Cole. Oh, and was, oh um, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, and so, so you went from Stephanie Myers to Chris Cole. Yeah, definitely a huge difference. Yeah. And I loved the cover. And I thought the hero was from that cover. I thought that he was going to be the vampire. But when I read the synopsis, you know, he's actually a werewolf. And I Mm -hmm. thought, oh, this sounds interesting. And I read the sample and I don't know if you've read it, but like it made me, yeah, it made me feel things. I'm like, get this book. (laughs) (laughs) One of those Ellen won't let me read, so it must be good. (laughs) Yeah. But then, so I bought it, but then I felt like so guilty about getting it because I was like, 12 and so like mm-hmm. I made a promise that I wouldn't read it until I was 15 but then I actually <laughs> I did not read another romance book until I was 15 I started reading them basically non-stop and so I've been reading romance for probably like literally I think over half my life now since you know I'm 27 and I started when I was I think the first one that I read was Devil May Cry by Sherilyn Kenyon. And I might have been 13 at that point, but like newly 13. So, yeah. Wow, Paige, that was quite the journey you just took us on. <laughs> I, I loved every beat of it. Um, so what is your favorite book, romance or otherwise? Like if you are being forced to pick one or two, whatever you need to do for yes. your well, I I definitely know what it is. For a long time, it was After the Night by Linda Howard, but then uh, I read Dark Sky by Cressley Cole, which I waited for five and a half years, mm-hmm. and I really loved that. But actually, now it is um, Sweet Ruined by Cressley Cole, so it's mostly Cressley oh, Cole. I just hey, yeah. I haven't read that one yet. Oh, I so. love it. It's like you know, the world, if you've read the series, the Mortals After Dark series, it just progressively, like, gets bigger, and then in Sweet Ruin, it, like, explodes, and it just, like, blew my mind, and I just, I love it. It gave me, like, chills. I think that's, like, the only one I haven't read yet in that whole series. I've read the whole rest of the series. Um, Mm. I am just mom's going to be left out of this part of the conversation. I am just, <laughs> I want Nix's book. Nix has to get a book at some point, right? I know. Well, I've, I've, I followed her. I'm obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> and she said that Nix is going to be the last book. Oh. So I kind of, I kind of never, I want Nix's book, but I kind of also never want it because I don't ever want the series to end. Well, she's been slowing so. down a lot too in like releasing of her book yeah. so she, I don't want her to she, slow down so much that like it yeah. never happens right yeah. but yeah. well she hasn't released a book since like April 2018 I think and yeah. like she promised Monroe in like 2020 and or 2019 and then it went to 2020 and she just emailed us emailed all the people who subscribed to her newsletter uh, last month and she said there's supposed to be an update this month so okay we'll see Cressley let's see what you're up to girl <laughs> um okay what is your favorite genre besides romance or do you have like a I guess sometimes this Parent, is tied like to what is your is favorite sub genre but 
Well, I pretty much read only romance, but I read like all the subgenres of romance. Um, so I really love paranormal. <laughs> you couldn't tell. <laughs> I mean, I'm picking up on that. Talking about Presley Cole and shifters are a big thing. Um, I also really love dark romance and rom coms. I'm I don't super like angst, but I'm just I'm a crazy contradiction. I love really dark stuff, but then I also really love the light stuff. Yeah, I, I get that. Um, what it what are some of your favorite tropes? So you've mentioned that you like enemies to lovers. Yes, definitely enemies to lovers. Um, I'm trying to think of oh grumpy sunshine I also really love that I love a grump I prefer the hero to be the grump and stuff but um uh I don't know if this is necessarily necessarily a trope but I feel like it could be I love like a heroine a heroine who like is a baker and bakes I know that's not necessarily a trope but I really love that but I mean, so there's enough of them out there where it could certainly be a trope, I would think. Yeah. Well, the Alina Jacobs, who I was talking about, like in the series, it's called the Svensson Brothers. And like the Svensson Brothers, there's like, oh my gosh, there's like a hundred because their father is a cult leader and he just like keeps popping out sons Whoa, boy, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, they hate that. They hate their father. So like, you don't actually really see much of the father. You just hear their disdain for him which i i don't like cults and so i'm i'm down with that i don't think most and... people are fans of cults <laughs> i've watched enough documentaries to not be a fan of cult not a fan well i just mean some people are like fascinated by like people's how they can how people get like sucked into cults but i'm just like i don't like reading cult romances or and stuff <laughs> And I mean, I've read a couple, but it was, I mean, it wasn't against my will. It was against you. That's good. (laughs) Speaking of cults. Yeah. Speaking of cults, that (laughs) you weren't in a cult that was forcing you to read a cult romance. Yeah. Although it was crazy because I don't know if you guys watch YouTube a lot, but there's this, um, his, it's called Aphrodite. I don't know Mm -mm. if you do them, but he's like a psychic and, or, well, he does tarot readings. And there was one who you were in a past life. And the one that I clicked on, um, he said that, like, my past life took place in a cult and stuff. And I was, like, there against my will. And I'm like, that's why I hate cults so much. (laughs) Proof is in the pudding. um, And, but anyways, back to the Elaine and Jacobs. Like, almost all of the heroines, they bake. And so I just, I love a baker and stuff. There you go. Well, I think that's a fun, a fun trope. Um, what would you recommend to someone who you're trying to get into romance or what have you recommended successfully in the past? Uh, I'm trying to think I've read, I've recommended like a book to romance readers, but that doesn't really help. I mean, I would recommend like the kiss quotient. That's a great one. Um, I don't know. I really love Sundays are for hangovers by Kay Webster and JD Hollyfield. It's a fun rom-com enemies to lovers neighbors. I've, I've noticed that a lot of enemies to lovers can be neighbors and it's just like, it's super funny. Like it made me laugh so hard. I like teared up, which is really hard to do, but 
chapter two, there's this taco scene, and it is hilarious. It is, <laughs> it, is, it, is it is so funny, and although it is pretty steamy, so so I have not recommended it in the group. <laughs> There you go. Okay, well, but you can recommend it to Ellen. So, <laughs> um, okay. Who are some of your favorite authors right now in general? Who are, who are you digging on? Okay, so I've already talked about Cressley Cole. Yeah, I <laughs> I love Suzanne Wright, who I've also mentioned. She's uh, she's probably like I don't know one of my top tops. Like she has. Uh, she doesn't have many contemporary, but uh, the newest one, the one that I reread just is in that I reread in August is it's a marriage of convenience. And it is a workplace romance because the hero is the heroine's boss. It's not enemies to lovers. So I can't remember who wanted Rex for that, but yeah. it's just it's a slow burn and um but Suzanne Wright she's got like a series about demons that's really interesting and she's got a series about vampires and then she's got her wolf shifter series it's just really great and also another author that I really really am obsessed with is Saffron A. Kent she is just she's such a phenomenal writer like I binged most of her books in uh in May and like I think I've given I don't know like five of her books like six stars and that's that's really uh not usual for me because I mean I'm not gonna lie it's not easy it's not hard to get a five-star review out of me or rating but it's like really hard to get a six stars and she is just I'm obsessed with her. Like her, her books are just so like deep and like, oh, unrequited love. She does that like a lot. And that's, I guess that's a new, another one of my like new favorite tropes. I like and that one too. yeah, it's just, I like, I, and a pining, a pining hero, like yeah. the fresh scent of pining hero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. I, I listened to learning the tropes and that's that's one of their their, yeah that's a good one um okay this is the self-indulgent part of the questions uh what got you started listening to the show the podcast okay so i'm sorry uh, i'm sorry i keep mentioning her but it's because of cressley cole again (laughs) (laughs) we haven't even ever done a cressley cole Ah, I saw that she had done an interview with Gina Showalter with the Wicked Wildflowers Book Club. Okay. And I listened to the interview and I just loved it. Like, I didn't listen to podcasts before that. Like, I was just kind of like, oh, I don't understand the appeal of podcasts. My brother, like, listened to one and he was going on and on about how he loved it. But I'm like, yeah, whatever. I don't care. (laughs) I'm just like, I'll listen yeah I'll listen to my music you have your weird radio podcast whatever but then I uh but then I listened to that and I started looking for other romance um other romance podcasts and you guys came up and I I listened to the very first episode because 
And you guys did it on the Julia Quinn book, the yeah. make believe husband or whatever it was called. And I really loved you guys. And so I just kept listening. I've fallen off and stuff just because I don't always read the books or I haven't always read them yet. But, you know, I, I come back to you consistently. I listen to tons of podcasts now. I pretty much I listen to like more podcasts than I actually like watch things. So, like, if you ever need recommendations for podcasts, you're you're the go-to gal. Yeah, yeah, I got you covered. There you go. <laughs> so, well, I will take that. And you know, apparently, we need to do Crusty Cole now. I guess so. And get mom <laughs> to read her first Crusty Cole. The problem with Crusty Cole is I just don't know. My yeah. dog is really on the snoring train today. I'm sorry, you guys. He is going nuts over there. Um, but uh, I just don't know where to start. Because I don't think yeah. that the first book in the series is necessarily the best one. and But yeah. then that world is so involved that it's, yeah. I don't know. Well, so I, I made a promise that I wouldn't read it. But I did get like the four, uh, the four books after it. And I think I started with the fifth book first. And then... I read like the third and fourth and then I read the second one because I was really excited to read the second one and and it's kind of ironic because I actually don't really care that much for the second one Mm -hmm. (laughs) and which I thought I would because it's kind of like an amazing race type deal and and you know I love like the concept of that but just I'm not a super big fan of that so I don't know maybe you guys could start with the third book I love okay. Bowen and Mariketta. Um, yeah. That's a werewolf and a witch. So yeah, yeah. There's a lot of those. A lot of the yeah. witches with the uh, demons or werewolves or people that make the witches mad. That's generally how that goes on the Crestley Cole front. Yeah, yeah. Usually, you know, she pairs the hero and heroine like one, either one. They the two they races hate. hate each other. Yeah. And so, you know, even yeah. though they're like faded mates, they have to like get over their hate yeah. and, and stuff. So, so what is a book that you would like to see us do on the show besides the Crestley Cole, I guess? Um, well, I was actually, I feel like kind of a Dumbo, a Dodo bird, because when we first, when you guys first announced that you guys were going to have listeners on, I got so excited when I read the announcement that I didn't realize that we weren't going to pick the book ourselves oh. <laughs> and that we were, that we were picking from the list. So when you messaged me with your list, I was like, huh? <laughs> oh, sorry. I should have made that clearer or we should, ma- I don't know. We could probably do that, but you well, can, I just, we usually have the lineup all set up. So yeah. it's, yeah, well, I just, I got so excited that I did not, I feel like I didn't read the fine print. <laughs> yeah, I should have been more explicit, I guess. And, and well, I mean, my, my, also the thing is like, I, the only episode where a listener joined that I've listened to was Whiteout because that's the only one I've read so far. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and I, I, I vote in the polls, but I don't pay super attention to like everything that's in there because yeah. and like so we I think you guys have mostly done like Christina Warren books you know like there was the soulmate equation and like I think 
hate the holiday was that In another the holidays, one yeah. holidays yeah that was another yeah. one where we had a listener too oh, yeah. so so um yeah, in fact, this time I had to like mix it up a bit because we had way too many up in the top of the poll that were people we've done authors we've lots done already of times and we like to spread the love a little done lots of times. So I'm trying to mix it up a little bit, but yeah, um, yeah that's not always how the poll goes. Um, but but the book that I was thinking about recommending was Bad Boy Blues by Saffron I Kent because it is a bully romance. And I listened to the episode on the deal where uh, you had a listener write in and um, she wanted you guys to talk about bully romances. Yeah. And I actually, I do love that trope. And so I was like, oh yeah, maybe I can message Ellen and we can talk about it. But then you guys kind of, I listened to it again and you said that you kind of wanted to talk about it from the position of it's like not healthy. And I was like, Oh no, <laughs> like, I didn't want to be at odds with you guys in case you didn't love it. And, um, and I can understand, I don't feel like it's um, super dark bully romance. It's kind of like uh, the hero and heroine. Well, I guess, I guess my defense for why I like bully romances is because I feel like it's just, of like a more intense enemies to lovers because I feel Mm -hmm. like the heroines I feel like they don't just like if it's done well I feel like you know they give it back just as much as they get it you know like there's banter and stuff like they don't just um like I don't feel like they're helpless and I don't feel the ones that I've read that I've really loved and that I think are done well you know they're not I don't feel like oh, this is really a bad imbalance. And so I feel like there's, like, that's, I feel like that's a good one to read if you want to read a good bully romance. But I haven't read it since 2019. So, yeah, I got kind of cold feet. I was like, oh, I don't know. (laughs) Well, listen, I'm open to it. I have, because I haven't read, I don't think I've read one. And um. So I don't, I don't know a lot about the, the subgenre. So I'm open to being corrected. It's just as, as that listener wrote in and explained it, I was like, huh, that does not sound super healthy. <laughs> um, but I'm open to seeing what people can do with it. And I know that there's, you know, good and bad examples of just about any subgenre. So, or trope or whatever. So I'm open to it. Um, well, thanks Paige for spending some time with us and letting us get to know you better and your love for Cressley Cole and, um, and all of those things. And I, I've been thinking that we need to do a Cressley Cole. So that probably should happen at some point. Um, I did not mean to turn it into a Cressley Cole. No, I, I'm breaking breaking that glass ceiling. I do love, I do love Cressley Cole. I love that series. Um, that was, it was kind of like the first like series that I really like binged hard I think when I started reading romance so um Paige it's been delightful I hope that you've had a good time and um thank you for coming and talking about the book with us lovely to meet you even though it wasn't the book that you wanted to do I'm sorry for that apparently I need to be more explicit (laughs) no I I wanted to do it I was just you know I I, I had an idea I was like I'd been thinking about it ever since like not (laughs) specifically the first book I wanted to do was The Last Victim you know the book I recommended in the first free for all and you read it I 
or maybe you didn't. I can't remember. I get confused with all of the books that we have and haven't read. Yeah. Um, well, there's four books in that series, so it's yeah. Uh... It sounded like one that you would like. I think is what we landed on. Um. Okay, Paige. Thanks so much for joining us, listeners. Thanks so much for joining us again. If you would like to join us on September 27th for It Happened One Summer by Tessa Bailey. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at Rum or on Facebook or Goodreads or email us at NotYourMom'sRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show and we just love to read them. All right. Thanks, Mom. You're welcome. Thanks, Paige. Thanks for having me. I had such a fun time. Oh, Good. it was fun. Nice to, <laughs> nice to see you. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.